0: Welcome everyone to RB1 Colin of Fantasy Football Podcast, part of the Fake Kings Podcast channel. I am your humble host constant doubter of alvin kamara and believer in cam newton pete rogers and i am joined by all of the guys we have resident old man the duck father and recovering texans fan clark barnes the working girl jordan love super fan and offensive line expert jordan smith and the ginger clean shaven man political wild card and probably thinks your favorite team is run by donkeys nick Botifer. guys how are we doing today doing great Pete. Great.
1: that was a good uh good change up there pete how are you
0: I am doing well, doing better than I was at this time last week I'll say. Uh I think uh the the outlook on the world is maybe a little bit brighter. Uh it's it's nice to see kind of every the movement that has has swept the world by storm uh leading to some actual actual results, which is something to uh I feel like to be celebrated. So that's always good, and the NFL actually it led the NFL to even come out and be like, eh, "Sorry, guys, we fucked up." Uh, even though they didn't say Kaepernick's name, uh, but they still, you know, Roger Goodell apologized, which a small step in the right direction, in my book.
2: Yeah, I mean, small,
0: small, <laughs> it's very pretty, small,
2: pretty optimal. There,
0: we're we're yeah, we're we're not we're not uh we're not giving them you know a firm handshake or a pat on the back quite yet, but uh, but you know. Uh, but yeah, other than that, things have been, uh, things have been good. I'm realizing now, as I look into the camera that I forgot to take my hair out. This is my, my cute COVID ponytail because I haven't gotten a haircut in forever. And so my hair just droops down in front of my face if I don't have it up or wearing a hat. But
2: this, this is an audio medium, but listeners, he's got a <laughs> pebbles look going on from the Flintstones.
0: Uh This is, this is me thriving at home by myself. Well, Becca's here, but she, she has an actual job that, that takes up her time. Um, We are going to obviously tackle the wide receiver position in depth. Like we've been doing. We did the quarterback's position two weeks ago and then running backs last week. But before we tackle that guys, we have some breaking news. Because the NFL season could not start without at least one running back holdout Dalvin cook has come out and said that he will not attend any NFL or Vikings meetings, practices, whatnot, uh, until he gets a new contract. This was reported by Adam Schefter. Uh, If I was good, I could find the exact wording that he said. And it is, uh, he's out, a source source told ESPN. Without a reasonable extension, he will not be showing up for camp or beyond. Nick. What are your feelings? How much does this impact you in terms of your views of Dalvin cook coming into the 2020 season? Because he was pretty widely regarded as a top four, top five fantasy running back this year. Does that drop? Does he drop drastically for you? Does he drop a little bit for you? What's your feeling right now?
1: If I'm drafting now, then yeah, it definitely impacts his stock. Uh, This is, you know, reminiscent of a few years, or it's two years ago now, one year ago, um, when the Le'Veon Bell, Situation unfolded, and I I remember asking you guys for a personal draft. You know what what I should do with on Bell, and all of you went do not draft him. Yeah, I, I think it's pretty similar.
0: Good advice by us. Well done, RB One Podcast.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's true. Unfortunately, it was off air though. Um, bad job, RB One Podcast.
0: <laughs> Record everything. <laughs> God damn it.
2: <laughs> okay. Yeah, I definitely think it impacts stock. um it, It's it's just a uh, because I don't think that given the Viking system, the way they want to run the ball and the way they've uh, accumulated running backs to kind of um, back up Dalvin cook, because he's had an injury uh, in history, so to speak. So I think if he really wants to play hard ball with them, they're going to be like, well, we got other guys we can plug in here. We have a lot of money going into the quarterback and wide receiver position with Adam Thielen and Kirk cousins. So Um, I don't know if Dalvin Cook has a whole lot of leverage here.
3: Yeah, we have months to have this negotiated (laughs) in the media about the Vikings really loving Alexander Madison and Cook really enjoying getting back to his reading list that he's been putting off for several years. Uh, I can't remember who said it, but I'm certainly aligned with the camp of this changes nothing for my thoughts on drafting Dalvin Cook, but it does make me uh, spend a little bit more to lock up Alexander Madison as the handcuff.
0: Yeah, I was actually Jordan. You brought something up that I think could be interesting. I have no idea it, what this would actually impact the uh, Vikings and Mike Zimmer's kind of offensive game plan, but it would be some interesting to see whether or not, like, if Dalvin Cook actually does miss serious time, do they are they as ground reliant as they want to be, um, and does that then make Kirk Cousins and Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson and you know uh, Kyle Rudolph and Irv Smith Jr. look to be rattling? names doesn't make their passing game more fantasy viable, even more so than what we're kind of already anticipating because maybe the Vikings don't rely on their ground game as much without Dalvin cook back there. I know it didn't seem like they, when Dalvin cook did miss time that they kind of fluctuated too far off of that. They seem pretty comfortable with Alexander Madison back there, but uh, that could be something to also take into consideration that his holdout could mean maybe more work in the passing game for these Vikings receivers who I think are kind of pushed down in value, and we'll obviously get into more about this because we're going to be talking wide receivers today. But I, I mean, where Adam Thielen currently is going, I, I think he has a lot, of, a lot of upside for for where he's currently being drafted. Yeah, agreed on.
1: Sorry. Go ahead. Matt. Agreed on the, the next, um, agreed on the, the feeling point, uh, somebody else to remember, they got Mike Boone back there who is just an athletic freak. And he's also similar to Madison and, and cook is just a dual threat back. So, uh, to, to your point last season, they, they didn't adjust their offense very much. And now, you know, like you said, Herb Smith, he's, he's another, uh, year in the league. It's possible. He's the number two passing game option anyway at, you know, tons of speculation here, but I, I don't think they change a ton. Yeah, I was just going to add that. I,
2: I'm not sure it's going to be like a, a one-for-one replacement like um, Austin Eckler was for Melvin Gordon last year, but I think it could be closer to that with the combined
0: uh, Madison and Mike Boone. Yeah, I do think it should be noted that Alexander Madison's name fits perfectly into like every Alexander Hamilton reference from the musical. So I just think that that's something to work with. I was trying to figure out how to how to write that in in text form. And I did not have wasn't able to add the tune of Alexander Hamilton to Alexander Madison. But now that's all that's all I'll be able to hear in my head when I read Alexander Madison. Uh that's it. That's the only breaking news uh in the NFL. So there you go. Thank you for a little of excitement there, Delvin Cook. Uh we're gonna get into the wide receiver position now. We've been doing this, like I said, two other positions. Knocked those out earlier, uh, last week and the week before. We have five categories that we're going to run through for those who are never listened to one of these shows before. A wide receiver who we think is going to land in the top five. A wide receiver who's being drafted in the top 12 but won't be, won't finish there uh who's a wide receiver not enough people are talking about a bold prediction and one target and i added last second one avoid um a guy who we're targeting and a guy who we're avoiding if you don't have an avoid no worries but i thought that might be a good thing to add let's start with clark give us a wide receiver who you think is going to be a top five option this year
3: uh so i would like to save my top five option because it rolls in with my bold prediction Very
0: well then. You may, Clark. I accept that. Uh, Jordan, start us off then. Um,
2: So my top five guy, um, not really a stretch in some regards, but I like Kenny Galladay to finish in the top five. Um, I, I say not really that big of a stretch because he finished wide receiver nine last year in PPR. And that was without Matthew Stafford for half the season. Um, so he had, uh, he had plenty of up and down games. Um, I believe he had five single digit scoring outputs, which isn't great. And you might be able to attribute that to just in QB play, but, um, there were other games where he just exploded for 20 plus. Um, and part of this is just Kenny Galladay continuing to progress and become a better wide receiver for the lions. But also it's just you know, if Matthew Stafford can stay on the field and be consistent and continue to build with, um, Kenny Galladay. And, um, I just think that that would be a great, I don't foresee Marvin Jones Jr. Taking that huge of a chunk, but especially, um, down the rest of the roster with Danny Amendola being another year older and like their other biggest wide receiver acquisition this year was like Geronimo Allison, which isn't like a threat to anybody's, uh, statistical output so yeah
0: ken Galladay. yeah he's currently going according to fantasy pros kind of uh, collected adp for ppr he's going wide receiver eight uh which which i think is fair i think he is that's a good one for a top five guy who maybe is not a name i think a lot of people obviously know the name of kenny Galladay, but when you're listing if i were to like rattle off who i think will be a top five receiver he's not necessarily a guy who i would think of but i think he's and it's certainly an option to finish there. I obviously big Matt Stafford fan and this lions offense we've seen be plenty explosive when everyone's healthy and everything's working. Uh, I think Marvin Jones is also a guy who's being underutilized or under uh, spoken about. That's not the way to say it, but underappreciated currently in fantasy. So I think that whole passing game could see a, could see a boost with a healthy Matt Stafford through all 16 games. If that happens.
3: Yeah. The question with the lions is just how much will all of this amazing talent be held back by a stubborn uh, air quotes, defensive minded head coach. Right.
0: That's a perfect segue into Nick. Now telling us how everything we've said is hot garbage. This no, is trash. no, 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 no.
1: So I, I mean, I do think Patricia is an idiot, but they still like he, he, we I've said this already. He, he understands play action and deep uh, downfield passing is awesome, but he thinks he have to run well, to do it. Um, so all that being said, uh, I, I'm, I'm excited by the way we're starting this off. Last week, we had, uh, Clark with a very bold prediction as his top five, uh, start. I think we have another one here with Jordans. Um, I, I don't think that, that Kenny G will be able to finish that highly, but I do think he is that kind of a talent. So I, I love the, I love the bet. Something interesting and, and, you know, as always, stop me if you heard this before. Uh, one of the things that the ETR guys have talked about is if you go over uh, 16, the last 16 games, Marvin Jones's, uh, like catches, yardage, and touchdown numbers are nearly identical to uh, uh, Baby Tron's. Um, so for me, I'm taking Marvin Jones later on at, you know, half the cost and hopefully getting almost the same player.
0: Nick, why don't you give us a guy who you think is going to be top five option this year? So a little less
1: bold. Uh, I'm, I'm going with Amari Cooper. I think that uh, possibly counter to, uh, to what many may be thinking, I think the addition of C.D. Lamb really helps him. Uh, Cooper, he's, he, I think he's the best slot receiver, like interior route runner in the NFL and drafting a true X receiver in CD lamb just gives him so much more freedom to go inside and rock strong safeties who are, who are trying to uh, cover him. Um, It's, They've got the uh, the 11 softest slate of pass defense blend per Sharp Football Stats. Uh, as an aside, I was trying to like poke holes in this. The one thing I think people are talking about that they're a little concerned with for the the Cowboys' offense is uh, Travis Frederick retiring. But it's important to remember Joe Looney started all all uh, season last year. This is his second year uh, as a full time starter at center. I think their offensive line is going to be fine. And overall their schedule it's just it's like good offenses with some weak defenses they're going to be in shootouts constantly and like we've said all along Dak Prescott could end up being the overall quarterback one
3: I
0: have uh, lots to say about Amari Cooper so the, he he's going to crop up in multiple categories coming forward so I'll say I'll save my my thoughts till then
3: Yeah, the only fear in Dallas is will McCarthy coming to town change the path that they were on last year? I don't think we know who's going to be calling the plays, but I really love the idea of allowing Amari Cooper to slide into the slot and still remain the featured wide receiver uh, as Lamb kind of gets his legs under him in the NFL and commands respect on the outside. The sky's the limit. For the Cowboys the Cowboys uh, for the past decade have found a way to uh, still screw that up but I think Cooper definitely has top five wide receiver talent
2: yeah I was basically going to say the same thing Clark the only thing really stopping the Cowboys is themselves um, and that would be not giving Kellen Moore just the freedom to continue to build on the offense that we've been a pretty big fan of this offseason uh just recounting the 2019 season so
0: yeah cool uh my top five guy is not a shock to anyone in fact you guys have been more bold than i am with my top five guy believe everything all the hype that you're reading about chris godwin this year believe it buy into it. He is going to be a top five receiver. He is going to see 150 targets. He is going to catch hundred footballs. He is going to be Tom Brady's number one guy. He is built in a lab for what Tom Brady looks for at a wide receiver. He is a bigger, better, stronger Julian Edelman. And, uh, I just think that those two, if they can, they're already working, I think on the field together, uh, breaking a lot of laws there, Thomas, but you know, now that you're no longer a Patriot, I can call you out on your cheating Tom Brady. Uh, but I think that if those guys get a connection early on in the season, it's just going to be uh, gangbusters that that pairing is going to work like firecrackers. And so I'm, I buy it and, and ride with it. No problem.
3: Yeah. I'll have more yeah, on Chris I'm Godwin later. I'm getting really, I'm trying to tamper my enthusiasm for the Buccaneers offense to basically repeat what they did last year. Just <laughs> minus the 30 interceptions. The 30. Yeah. Yeah. True.
2: I, um, yeah, I've got no qualms with Chris Godwin being awesome again this season. Uh, as the resident Patriots fan, Pete is Chris Godwin the second best wide receiver that Tom Brady has ever played for, played with, or played probably. with? Probably, yeah, probably played, for, played with. Is Mike would, Evans third?
0: <laughs> I think, I think you would go. It would go Randy Moss, not Godwin, Rob either. Godwin, Wes Welker, Evans, Julian Edelman. That would be my. That would be my top five.
1: That's wild, Who man. Wes getting bounced.
0: Maybe Troy I mean, Brown somewhere.
1: Step foot on the, the field together. Um. Yeah I, uh, I I'm really curious to see how this ends up playing out. We we've talked a lot about how Tom Brady uh, is much more of a short to intermediate uh, area passer, but he's still very good when he is throwing downfield. Both Godwin and Evans are downfield receivers. Typically, even though uh, Godwin's running out of the slot, I kind of wonder if his A dot is going to drop like a, a fair amount, but still catch so many passes that the like point wise it, it just gets offset. Um, I I still I have a difficult time just because I I guess I haven't seen it believing that he's going to be like top five. Now I might put him as like wide receiver six, but. I think that elite tier um I don't know it's interesting that might that might come down to like a schedule thing.
0: Right. Well, it's also like at, if you're if you are comfortable at him at wide receiver 6, then all it takes is one of those you don't wish for injuries, but like one of those number you know top 5 receivers if one of them gets injured, then Chris Godwin's next in line to finish there. So, I'm just saying it's like a, it's a great bet by me. That's really good job by me. <laughs> uh all right. Wide receivers going in the top 12 who we think won't ultimately finish there. Uh, I'm going off of Fantasy Pro's collective PPR scoring, which would be currently the top 12 is Michael Thomas, DeAndre Hopkins, Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, Julio Jones, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Kenny Galladay, DJ Moore, uh, Odell Beckham, Amari Cooper, and Allen Robinson. And I will start because what? this is going to be a complete, this is, going to go off of Nick's Amari Cooper as a top five wide receiver. I think Amari Cooper is going to fall out of the top 12, uh, this year. You with the addition of, I know I love Amari Cooper getting bumped into the slot. If that actually happens with the addition of CD lamb. However, if you look at the weeks, 10 through 17, Amari Cooper was the 26th wide receiver in PPR scoring during that time. So he did not close out the year strong. Uh, And so I think that you could see that continue into this year when you're adding yet another kind of weapon for them to, to be work with, or what you might see is a similar season construction as to what we saw last year, where Amari Cooper maybe starts off the year really hot. And as the wide receiver one through the first six weeks of football, but then as CD lamb kind of gets his feet under him and this offense maybe shifts or like whatever it could be, we could see a, a similar drop off for Amari Cooper. So I think of those guys in the top 12, he's my pick for, and I hate saying this because I own him in like three dynasty leagues and he is one of my go-to go-to receivers to take. But uh, I, I could see him falling out of the top 12 this year because of what we've seen in the past to finish last year. And given the kind of young talent that has been added to that offense. Question. You have to cut this
2: out too. Um, you Any said answer. you use fantasy pros for your list. Mm-hmm. Did you use the um, the average draft position 2020 rankings consensus?
0: Twenty twenty. I don't think I
2: have uh, several of those guys in the top 12 if I'm reading oh, this, Oh
0: Wait, did I read the wrong? No, I read the right thing. Did I read the right thing? Yeah, I read the right thing. Uh, I have, this is average draft consensus 2020 PPR scoring for wide receivers on Fantasy Pros. Well,
3: the, regardless of the, which list you're using, I respectfully disagree with your Amari Cooper take. And it pains me <laughs> thanks, as <Mark. laughs> a non-Dalastonian Texas person to say this, but I think the Cowboys are going to be really good this year.
1: Yeah, uh, there is a slight difference in the uh, the ADP list of half-point PPR and PPR. That that might be the issue there. But um, I, I think a, a lot of Cooper's slowness, I guess you might say, uh, towards the end of last year was that he was dealing with a plantar fascia issue. And anybody who's had that injury can tell you how much it sucks. Uh, hopefully, he's fully healthy now. And I, you know, I already laid out my argument uh, in my in my opening statement. But I think this one could end up being a pretty fun beer bet at some point. I'm in.
0: It's
3: we'll put, bold. We'll, we'll, like we'll it. mark
0: it down. Jordan, have you figured out where, where the what, what's what's going on?
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm looking. At, I, I was using just a general uh, ADP list. Um, rather than switching it to just straight up PPR. um, I mean, I just, I feel like fantasy pros. They had their draft research.
3: Well, while we're, while we're figuring all that out, I will throw (laughs) my rather uninteresting. (laughs) I'm not very enthusiastic about this pick out there. And it's DJ Moore. Uh, I think that he's excellent and he's going to take another step forward. Uh, But just so many unknowns with the Panthers offense, not needing a whole lot out of Bridgewater. Uh, and that receiving core to go to a middling seven and nine season. I just feel like uh I don't want to talk anyone out of DJ Moore, but just looking at the top twelve other than Alan Robinson, who wasn't on the list that I looked at, uh boy, Moore seems like the kind of fish out of water in this one.
0: Yeah, nine seems nine I like I I love him too. And he's again another I got dynasty shares of him. But nine does seem a little rich for him in in my opinion in, in terms of PPR scoring currently.
2: Yeah, I was actually going to try to make a case for DJ Moore as being somebody who's going to be in the top 12, but I just couldn't find anything to help back that up. Um, part of the knock on Teddy Bridgewater is that he doesn't uh, throw very far down the field. And I was like, Oh, DJ Moore, he's pretty good after the catch, but he was like 28th in yak yards last year, some, somewhere around there. So it wasn't like he was outstanding. He was pretty okay at it. Um So I was just kind of concerned about that. And unless the new head coach uh, rule just decides to open things up and completely change the way um, we know Teddy Bridgewater to have played in the past, I think that could be a little bit of a, a difference maker, but yeah.
1: So I think we need to do some revisiting of of what Teddy Bridgewater did last year with the saints. He, He did open it up. His ADOT was a little bit, um, short, I think, in that first game, but I believe as as, as things progressed, he had a, a league average A dot. Bringing in rule and more specifically, more importantly,
0: define A dot for those at home.
1: Average depth of target. Um, uh, <laughs> more importantly, bringing in Joe Brady and his high-powered downfield passing offense. Uh, if, you know, if you want to educate yourself on it, go watch some Joe Burrow games from last year. Uh, they're gonna. Bucket, chuck it all over the place. I, I do think that it will be difficult for DJ Moore to finish. Like I, I think Clark, we have a beer bet that he'll be a top 12 guy. Um, I think he's he belongs, probably ranked as like wide receiver 13 only because of the competition around him. Um, but I he he's part of this Juju Smith Schuster, Amari Cooper group of like 20-year-old NFL receivers who are are shattering age uh, age production marks and this is just one of those indicators where when guys produce in college very young and then in the nfl very young they end up being elite nfl receivers like way above the the, the standard so um i think it would be it would be tough for me i will say to get him into the top 12 but i i really think like 13 is the lowest i could probably go Uh, I think that he's so in, in half point PPR scoring, he's going as the the wide receiver 14. And I can see that there being a little bit of difference in, uh, in PPR and half point, just because he is going to get, he's a, so you you mentioned Jordan, that he was 28 uh, after the catch last year, the season before, I believe he was much higher than that. He's built in that Steve Smith running back type mold where like you get the ball in his hands and then he's just gone. He like, he shakes and bakes and, and puts people on their back. He's, He's like six foot six one. I think he's like 220 pounds. Um, anyway, I think the world of this dude, and, and I think this is going to be uh, a beast of a year for him.
0: I think all of those things could be true. And I think we all agree that he, he has maybe the toughest path in staying in that top 12. Uh, Nick uh, Jordan, was that your, was that he was DJ Moore also your, your guy in the top 12 who could fall out? I know you were having some words about him. No. Okay. Do you want to would you like to share who you think is going in the top 12 who won't be in the top 12?
2: <laughs> uh yeah, sure if you want me to. Um no, my my list was uh a little bit different. It had AJ Brown going in the top 12 at 11, um which I thought he that's a little bit too high for a sophomore wide receiver on a team that likes to run the ball. I know he finished the season pretty well last year, but uh part of my thinking is that him being projected as a wide receiver one is a little bit high. Wide receiver two would be uh, a little bit better for me. I would consider him at the top of the second round. Um, and he finished wide receiver nine last year in standard, but 21 in PPR leagues. So he was pretty good, depending if you're playing on a, a basic standard scoring leagues, but hopefully you're getting some sort of uh, passport reception points. Uh, again, he was fringe. And uh, if he starts to get a lot more CB1 attention, I think that can impact his
0: scoring output. I
2: thought and you who said, knows a- if Brian Tannen-
0: Oh, sorry. I, I thought you I thought you said AJ green at first. And that's why I had such a strong reaction. Uh, Cause I was like, wow, AJ green going in the top 12. Now that is, that is bold, but I also agree with you about AJ Brown. I feel like he, I feel like he's also someone who, you're right that 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 there's so much up in the air about this Titans offense as to whether or not they're going to be able to like basically can Ryan Tannehill be what he was last year and I don't know but that's what it's gonna that's what Brown's fantasy value is gonna rely on
3: or will the Titans ever play an entire season right (laughs) They finish strong every year, and then we forget that they're terrible for the first. Eight <laughs> right, games. exactly
0: for the first. Can you deal with ten weeks of kind of shit, and then for the fantasy playoffs, suddenly they become the best team but in the I, NFL.
3: But I, I do believe that Ryan Tannehill is the best quarterback they've probably had since Steve McNair. So it will be interesting to see uh, see what they can do.
1: So I think AJ Brown is uh, is going to end up being in the the the, the changing of the guard of the elite wide receiver bundle. And I don't know if anybody here is going to really disagree with that. I'm talking about like the Julio Jones, like 10 years of just absolute dominance kind of a thing. His yards per route run were top three in the NFL last year for, I think that's sports Info solutions. solutions. Uh, yards per route run is one of the statistics that uh, pro football focus has found to be the most sticky year to year and predictive of future NFL success to do that as he was a rookie last year, right? This is his sophomore campaign. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. That's astonishing uh yeah so anyway he's he's incredible and and it speaks to I mean that that high of yards per out run speaks to what it is he can do on a small target volume I think that it will increase just because he he didn't play very much early on like he didn't get very many looks it took him a while to start getting some actual uh some decent target workloads I think I don't think they're going to make that same mistake he's going to come out as the alpha in the passing game this season he still will play on a uh, low volume passing attack though, so I think counting him outside the top twelve is reasonable. But um, I, he's going to have some some smash weeks.
0: Yeah, sure. Nick, who you have going in the top twelve? Who won't finish there?
1: Uh, so depending on the the scoring format, I'm looking at half point PPR. Uh, Cooper Cup. Last year, I do think that his season was hampered by uh, his recovery from ACL surgery. He started the year super strong and then just sort of petered out. And I think that you know his his knee just probably got worn down. But what they found was that they have two excellent receiving tight ends. And what Tyler Higby did at the end of the season was astonishing. He he was putting up a uh, hundred yard plus games like for the last four. Uh, or perhaps five or six games of the season, he was getting double-digit target workloads, um, and and he's running in in Cooper Cup's section of the field. And Gerald Everett is is a great passing game or pass catching tight end too. He just Tyler he could be out time because Everett went down. They've now indicated they're going to stick more with a, a two tight end twelfth personnel set. So Cooper Cups his area of, of the field that he likes to work in that he does work in is now going to be clogged up by a, another. Uh, passing game option that effectively took all of his targets. Like Cup went from being a double-digit target guy to being between four and six targets per game, while Tyler Higby was going between ten and fourteen. I think that it'll even out a little bit, but I don't think that Cup's going to finish as a wide receiver one. And it's also worth uh, worth noting. I'm blanking on the guy's name, but the the receiver they took, I think in the I think it was in the third round, um, is more or less his like NFL comparison. Like the, if you go like the zero line comparison route it's it's he's the same type of like slot receiver so the, the rams Jefferson. also thank you the the rams also might be kind of thinking okay you know maybe cups knee isn't good and and we actually need to think long term on this one anyway so cooper cup out of the top
3: 12 oh we might need to be about this one could not uh disagree more um jared goff is not a good quarterback and cooper cup is the guy that gets open immediately against the third cornerback constantly. Uh, Cup finished seventh in points per game last year and you know fourth overall. I don't like the overall stats, but still seventh uh, in non-PPR leagues. Uh, I think that Cooper Cup is a lot like Cole Beasley, uh, but he's just on the right team with the right quarterback. Uh, he will always be that short option. I don't know. It, the, it may change. You're getting a steep discount on Cup. He is one of the most unexciting wide receivers in the top 12, but I think that he is solidly uh, going to fit in that role of the like, oh yeah, I forgot to draft Cooper Cup. That was a really solid third round pick. A Cooper Cup dynasty, dynasty share. Say thanks, Clark, for that. Or his knee or just say. like or he's will gonna, yeah, not yeah, his work could and explode. then you'll know, be totally, totally right. Which
0: at, this, which at that point, then it's like maybe we need to do a deep investigation into the Rams medical staff. If we're having two star players knees these just like explode at a young age, what are we doing there? What are we doing there? LA? Yeah. I like the other Rams wide
2: receiver in, uh, in Los Angeles. So I'll, I'll talk about that later. Mm,
0: a little tease. Well, make sure you uh, stay tuned. Cause we're going to get to our three final uh, categories. But before we do that, we are going to take a quick ad break.
1: And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.
0: All right, uh, we have three final categories. We are going to start with a wide receiver. Not enough people are talking about Clark. Why don't you start us off?
3: I had a tough time deciding against uh, A.J. Brown's former running mate and uh, the guy who I finally ended up with, uh, D.J. Chark. I hate to bet on anyone playing for Jacksonville to do well, but I think last year we saw some absolutely monster. Uh, Nick, to take a page out of your playbook, the changing of the guards and the wide receivers. Uh, Chark made some absolutely amazing plays with a rookie quarterback who no one was really interested in drafting. Uh, he is going as, like, number one. 24 25 wide receiver right now and best ball drafts and I think that he's just going to be kind of an under the radar solid you know fourth fifth round pick that could just win your league for you
1: yeah I like this one a ton and you know uh, point of pride for everybody here in the podcast we were all pretty uh, pretty much on board with him when he broke out right away last year uh what's uh what's not to love with an athletic downfield receiver uh, who breaks out early in his like, second year at a young age, uh, and he clearly has a stellar connection with Gardner Minshew. That, and and that, that, that alone could be a, a massive factor for the 2020 season. We don't yet know what training camps are going to look like. Established connections are going to make players a lot more valuable, and I think that riding the, uh, the, the Minshew-Shark train will pay dividends this year.
0: And the Jaguars, even though they drafted um... – and I forget what his name is, the Colorado State wide receiver. Um, Even though they – yeah, even though they drafted a wide receiver, it's still like this – DJ Chark is the number one guy there. Like, they didn't bring anyone or do anything to, like, really challenge his position in that offense. So, he's going to be walking into a a starring role, and he certainly showed that he could uh, produce at a high level. So, I like that. Yeah,
2: Chenault had, like, pre-combined combine surgery I I don't want to speculate on what because I can't remember it off the top of my head but um, so I don't even think he'll be a real factor in like the first half of the season combining that with him being a rookie Uh, I was going to make a case for Chark to be a player to avoid this season but when I was looking at it I was just like you know what he's like clearly the guy in Jacksonville Um, built up a pretty good rapport with Minshew last season and um, he kind of had that like that progression of what you want from a wide receiver like uh rookie season kind of a flop but then he broke out in his uh second year and hopefully he just builds off that in the third
0: and 24 wide receiver, 24 feels right for him. So like, that's, that's yeah, the that's, thing too, where, where it's like, he could, maybe th- there is some risk with him. Obviously we all recognize that, but he's not going so high that you like really have to balance that risk out. 24 feels like in the right range where you're like, yeah, I understand there's risk, but he's got a lot of upside. He's got top 10 upside easily. And that 24, that 24 wide receiver spot kind of balances everything out and is like right where I'm comfortable taking him. Uh, Nick, who do you think not enough people are talking about?
1: Well, I, I came into this with, with three different names, just cause I figured we might have some, some overlap, but, um, I think I'm going to go, uh, yeah, I'm too in on this offense. Uh, Deontay Johnson, we've talked about him a little bit before, but he's going off the board like late and like, I got to scroll to find him kind of late. He broke out last year playing the X role. Uh, he was, he was catching passes from a guy named duck and he, he played phenomenally. He was only a rookie, uh, the track re- record that the Pittsburgh Steelers have at drafting wide receivers. Also, it's just a nice sort of, uh, comforting bump of confidence uh, that this wasn't just sort of a, a one-year flash in the pan. He's coming up the board. It looks like is uh, across, uh, Yahoo, FFC, fan tracks, et cetera, um, as a wide receiver 46, I think this guy could push to be a wide receiver too, or at, at the very worst, a week-to-week flex option uh, who excels in plus matchup weeks. So getting that guy uh, so late is, uh, in my opinion, a huge deal.
3: Yeah, and I think something that's hurting a lot of the Steelers' uh, fantasy options here is is folks forgetting that Big Ben went down early last year, and although he is aging, he is probably not done at least being a serviceable quarterback he's he's still okay Uh, and so I think a lot of the folks that look at the counting stats and you know that that's the last piece of information that we have so it's reasonable to look at those are going to forget about not only Juju who's going a lot lower than I think he should but a lot of the secondary kind of bit players for the Steelers
0: yeah I I staked my flag on James Washington last year is that as the wide receiver that was going to come in and be the next Steelers, like amazing rookie draft pick that was going to thrive. But it was Deontay Johnson who kind of seemingly took that role. And, and like, like you said, Nick, the, the track record the Steelers have at wide receiver is, is hard to ignore. And so if you're going to bet on a guy who already produced with Mason Rudolph and duck Hodges, throwing him the football to be able to produce with Ben Roethlisberger, hopefully behind center for more than, three games uh and then ultimately when he gets injured it'll be cam newton throwing the football there uh that's a that's a safe bet for a guy going in you know almost 50s so going off of nick's idea of scrolling 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 a wide receiver who i think not enough of people are talking about because you got to scroll all the way down to wide receiver 82 to find this guy uh i gotta i gotta flex a little bit because there's not too much there's not too much Patriots. Uh, fantasy love going on now that Tom Brady's out and who knows what this offense is going to look like. Muhammad Sanu, people. The Patriots traded a second fucking round pick for him. So either Bill Belichick's an idiot, (laughs) which, all right, maybe that's true. (laughs) But I have to think that, like, they clearly – Muhammad Sanu has been a very good wide receiver in the NFL, especially as, like, kind of a secondary option. I mean, he was great alongside Julio Jones. In those last two years, he finished – 2018 2017 he was a top 30 wide receiver in fantasy which you know you're not breaking the bank for him but as wide receiver 80 if you've got even top 50 wide receiver out of that that's huge return on your investment I also just outside of Julian Edelman who else are they throwing the football to as a Nikhil Harry like Stan I would love Nikhil Harry to suddenly just become you know AJ Brown that would be great uh but is that going to happen maybe not I have a lot. I've, I've been a big fan of Mohammed Sanu for a long time. Uh, and I think that he has a ton of potential when he came or a ton of talent. When he came to new England, he pretty quickly busted his ankle. And so he's playing on a bum ankle throughout his time there. He's going to have more time with the playbook. He's going to be playing with a quarterback who I love you, Tom, but actually will throw to new receivers and maybe isn't such a dick to uh to new guys coming in. So I, I just think that, if you're looking at the back end of your draft and you want to take a flyer on a wide receiver who has upside, I think Mohamed Sanu has a ton of talent. He's playing in an offense where there's really no outside of Julian Edelman who else is catching the football there, and he has shown that he can be a serviceable fantasy wide receiver, you know, three or wide receiver four flex option.
2: Yeah, looking at the list of ADPs right now, he's kind of sandwiched in between a bunch of guys that are like. Definitely wide receiver threes, if not lower, whereas Sanu could and probably should start out as the wide receiver two for the Patriots, just given uh, Nikhil Harry's lack of uh, showing what he can prove on the field. Uh, He's been on the team for a year, obviously, but just being injured last year, I think Sanu has like a leg up there. And being at 82, basically an undrafted dude, uh, like my, my guy who not enough people are talking about is going to be a flyer as well. So why not take a flyer on Sadu?
3: I just like Sadu because you can do fun things like who throws more touchdown passes this year for the Patriots, Muhammad Sadu or Cam Newton?
0: Oh my God. If Cam Newton, uh,
3: please, Bill Belichick,
0: go, go get Cam Newton. Let's, let's give me a quarterback I can root for. I mean, Jared said, him sure, but give me Cam Newton. Yeah, well, Muhammad Sadu gives you some passing stats there. Name me another wide receiver who does that. Thanks, Clark. So I, I can see
1: uh, some games this year where Mohammed Sanu does something in the box score, but that's not something I'm going to be betting on. Uh, I think the draft capital that was invested in Nikhil Harry uh, at least gives him a 50 50 shot coming out of the gates at, at taking over in the number two passing game role. Obviously, Julian Edelman is going to be a target hog. You know, I I hope that we get to see something in the preseason that will make me feel a little bit better about this. I don't know if we're even going to have a preseason, Um, but I think at at this point in the draft that there's the arguments to be made of, well, you know, it's probably your final pick or or that you're taking this guy with so like uh, having a strong opinion is is a little silly i guess on my part but
0: <laughs> i'd rather be taking a guy i was ready Ryan. for nick to die on this hill that you do not use your last pick on muhammad sanu <laughs> i would
1: just way rather grab somebody like uh the, the guy i you know i've been filling my time with with mock drafts here and, and my final pair keeping ending up with right armstead and we talked about him last week but anyway you know it's it's the wide receiver show right now um, yeah, I, you know, have fun with Sanu. This is your guy. <laughs> you You go so get him. So
0: condescending. <laughs> you do you, buddy. <laughs> uh, Jordan, who's, who's the wide receiver that you, that you think not enough people are talking about? Who's, who's your, uh, free agent go get?
2: Uh, yeah. So this guy is probably someone you don't even have to draft. Um, I guess just put a flag on him on the watch list for whatever, uh, fantasy football app you might be using. And uh, it's going to be Scotty Miller for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> uh, a lot of you might not have heard his name. I think I brought him up before, sure did, though. You, you um, have, I have, because and now I'm just doubling down on it um, <laughs> because I, I just want to be right uh, on another deep cut. But um, a lot of this also continges on whether or not we are like a year too early on the Tampa Bay Bucks offense. Um, cohesing together outside of the people who are just generally going to produce like Mike Evans and, uh, Chris Godwin. Uh, but right now he could be just easily the wide receiver three there. Um, he is a speedy deep threat. So per, uh, relative athletic score, he has elite speed and good explosiveness. I believe his 40 yard dash time was like a four, three, eight, um, which is pretty good. And despite Tom Brady's age, uh, we've discussed this already before. His deep ball accuracy is still pretty good, um, pretty good to elite. Like, he was actually very good about it last season. Um, another thing that we like to look at it for wide receivers especially is player profile breakout age. Um, Scotty Millers is sitting there at 19.1, uh, which is very nice. Um, and of note, we already know Tom Brady has been out. Playing catch with wide receivers, um, taking snaps from their starting center, uh, Scotty Miller was one of those wide receivers that was already putting in work with Tom Brady despite the pandemic. Um, again, he's going cheating. Super, Tom Brady. <laughs> uh, he's going super undrafted. Um, not on a lot of people's radars. He is a late to last round flyer. Um, he ha- he does have slight competition in. Justin Watson I'm not really counting Tyler Johnson because I don't think he does necessarily the same things that Scott Miller can do um, but last season I, I was trying to keep an eye on him because I had him in a few dynasty leagues and uh, Bruce Arians he he was talking a lot about Scotty Miller he was saying stuff um, you know in regards to him stepping up when Brashad Perriman um, got injured and he had a few games where he showed what he could do he could very well be a nice nice little streaming option for uh for those in your leagues who might not even know who this guy is
3: yeah and i know that we're all supposed to be very sensitive nowadays but scotty miller we uh, will say shares a profile of some of tom brady's favorite wide receivers of the past small white guys i did not <laughs> say that Pete. that was sorry i can't sorry. be all responsible for you yeah and stuff like all that. right let's
1: move let's move past this so uh i i like scotty <laughs> miller i like scotty miller as a player we, we we talked about him quite a bit when when the bucks had like three wide receivers pulled their hamstrings within the span of one week last year which almost kind of just thought arians was like hey guys let's not get the the good guys hurt Um, said the B team out there. But anyway, Miller, he's a talented player. Uh, I love the breakout age. I do think, correct me if I'm wrong here. I can't get the the SIS data hub. that's not being my friend right now. I thought he was primarily a slot receiver. Jordan, is that accurate?
2: Um, I think he ran routes like behind Chris Godwin out of the slot. He wasn't on the
1: outside. OK, so I mean, that's the only thing like uh, I, I think that he's he I think he saw it. I think that on a team that didn't have Chris Godwin, he could be a, a contributor. But yeah, I think I, I guess at this point you're drafting him as a hopeful uh, like wide receiver handcuff kind of a thing.
2: Yeah, basically, it's like if you somehow backed into Chris Godwin and Mike Evans, you might as well seal up the rest. <laughs> I love it. Love it.
0: I well, what other podcast is going to give you a deep dive into Scotty Miller, the like fifth string wide receiver (laughs) on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? I feel like in our ever ever in our quest to to get like a a a player to join the show as as a guest, I feel like Scotty Miller is our best guest, our best bet as as someone who who needs to boost his profile a little little bit, and so our tens of listeners will now become Scotty Miller fans when we convince him to come onto the show
2: bowling green state University's pride and joy
0: <laughs> oh my gosh all right well we're going to reach out to scotty miller and get him on the show all right uh two categories left bold predictions nicholas why don't we start off with you what's your bold wide receiver prediction for this year let's well,
1: yeah so uh this one this i there were a few that i was i was kicking around but the the for. for the ETR guys haven't convinced on this one. Uh Calvin Ridley outscores Julio Jones this year in across fantasy formats. Um so on the, the strike to schedule show, we talked about how difficult of a schedule the Falcons have this season. And it it's no joke. They face uh some really tough uh past defenses, especially. But here's that they also don't. That's <laughs> exactly like, the other side of things. <laughs> They face like th- th- there's so much of their schedule is, and th- th- I got a lot to say on this, but there's so much of their schedule is good offenses and w- whatever defenses like, uh, Seattle Seahawks, Dallas Cowboys, Carolina Panthers. The Panthers they couldn't even use a single pick this year on an offensive player. They went entirely defense because that's how bad their defense is. Uh, Detroit Lions, eh, just throwing some shade at the the Patriots number two, um, the Oakland Raiders, and uh, then then you've got these like forced shootouts with playing the saints twice the chiefs once and the bucks twice um those are good defenses but and, and strength of schedule is very important as an x factor however when we're talking about these elite guys especially for wide receivers target target load is is everything if you get opportunity that that's how you end up producing um What we saw after last season, 2019, Austin Hooper broke out. He was a baller, a tight end. They let him go, and they brought in an unknown prospect in in Hayden Hurst. He he was was very good in college. We don't know what he's going to be now. It's very difficult to just change teams, especially during COVID-19. As far as the running backs go, Gurley is going to be siphoning off pass-catching targets, but the knee is a factor here, and his usage overall is a factor, too. Maybe they run him out there 30 touches a game. Maybe they don't. But what I know is that Russell Gage and Laquan Treadwell are not going to be stealing targets for, as far as the wide receiver core go. I think uh, uh, Julio Jones could still lead the team in targets. He is a little bit older. I, I I got laughed at last week when I said that he was 31, but I just, I think that he's uh, Calvin Ridley is, is going to, he's going to be in the slot somewhat. He does run a lot of routes on the outside, but uh this offense is going to be forced to pass the ball a ton given game script and being able to take advantage of some of these weak defenses. And they they don't really have the only two established people they have to throw to are Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley. And I think every year Matt Ryan ends up throwing like 600 pass attempts. Like they're top of the league every single season. So anyway, this is it Calvin Ridley. He's breaking out. beating yeah. Julio Jones.
0: Yeah. I, I was going to, uh, where was I going to have it? I don't think I was going to have a mention him in my top five guy, but dude, Calvin Ridley, I think is, is a wide receiver. Like could be a top 10 wide fantasy wide receiver this year with very little effort on his part.
1: That's the, yeah, he's, I think he's a wide receiver one.
0: Yeah. I like it.
2: This, this is, this is an incredibly bold take, but I say that with all the respect in the world, because this was something I almost said was like, I was looking at wide receiver pairings and I'm like, uh, which of these wide receivers might outscore the presumptive number one. And I was like Calvin Ridley, but I just, I wasn't bold enough to have that be my take. So hats off.
0: <laughs> Clark, give us your bold take and your top five
3: pick at wide receiver. So last week I said that uh, not only was Nick Chubb going to finish in the top five, that he was going to be the number one, running back in all of fantasy football. And this week I'm going back to the Browns saying Odell Beckham will finish as the wide receiver one for those fighting (laughs) Cleveland. I love it. Uh, Odell's got immense talent. I think that everybody uh, was expecting the Browns to take off last year and they just couldn't because of their, you know, inept leadership. Uh, I am a, everyone that has listened to this podcast six times knows that I am a huge (laughs) fan of the zone run. Uh, Zod reed play action football uh, that makes uh, jimmy Garoppolo look like a quarterback one and i think that baker mayfield is a lot better than that uh, odell beckham is down the field with only two people on him and getting 20 uh, 20 shots like that this year i just can't imagine him not finishing number one so i'm back on the odell beckham train he's barely going inside the top 10 he's my number one target i love it i'm all aboard i'm with you clark yeah,
1: man you you are you came in the the bold predictions. I, I love this. Uh, last year we talked about Odell Beckham Jr. scoring twenty touchdowns. Like we we were wondering. Now you weren't. I think you're doing this, but we we're wondering if he could that was, break the that record. Was in definitely
0: there. this uh, guy. If Odell's going to break Randy it, Moss's receiving touchdown record last year. Yeah. I I was so I mean, drunk on hype.
1: The, the way that they're changing the offense now play action heavy they're gonna be taking deep shots uh while featuring that job um, i it sets the that uh, mean when you see these a dot situations where you're like, how is he not gonna have like twelve yards per attempt kind of a thing. anyway i I love it I love it uh I don't think it's gonna happen, but I love it
2: i I love this for extremely selfish reasons because I've had Odell Beckham as a first-round dynasty pick, uh, <laughs> well, drafting like three or four years ago. And each each and every year, I've slowly watched that stock just slide down and down and down until he's, what, like wide receiver 38 right now or something like that. Um, so, yeah, I would love for this to happen. Absolutely.
3: So this I is Beckham's that. last year of guaranteed money, too. And Ooh. I don't know. So not contract year, but I want it to happen. So here's another living confirmation up narrative street. Yes. There. <laughs> oh, incredible. This is great. Uh
0: Jordan, what's your bold prediction?
2: Um, well, so those two bold predictions just kind of make mine look very <laughs> I know. Very you you really warm. peaked.
0: You said this before we started recording, but you peaked at at your running back bold predictions. <laughs> Basically, all of your running back takes last week were, were Fire. You know what?
2: That's to me right now. It's a it's a lot because I like a ton of wide receivers, and I'd be very comfortable with like at least thirty of them. Um, and my bold prediction is that I I just think Michael Gallup is going to be firmly a wide receiver two, um, despite the Cowboys drafting CD Lamb. Um, so he's currently going uh, wide receiver thirty three in PPR league. So he has to outperform that by uh, nine. Math is hard, Um, something like that. Uh, But anyway, we we talked about the Cowboys' offense today and um, last week a little bit. I I just think that based on him finishing wide receiver twenty-two in PPR last year and having eleven hundred yards and six touchdowns in his second season, um, that bodes pretty well for somebody who built off a relatively good uh, rookie season. He kind of just broke out last year, and he's the um, he is like the outside wide receiver for the Cowboys just based on, um, Amari Cooper being an incredible slot wide receiver, uh, and CD Lamb's a rookie. Uh, we've already been over
0: that. Um, is this yeah, also, is this, I am fully on board with this cause this is a, really helps my Amari Cooper will fall out at the top 12 wide receiver take. So I fully support this bold take Jordan.
2: It's also a matter of like, I'm not worried about CD lamb, but, you might have other people in your leagues who are worried about Michael Gallup losing production for CD Lamb so you might be able to get him later than he's even being projected right now especially if uh training camp reports come out and it's all hey, CD Lamb was amazing CD Lamb did this mm-hmm. that or the other thing and you might yeah. drop
1: him to like the late 30s to early 40 range nice i think the uh The biggest winners of the Cowboys drafting CD lamb are the people who draft Michael Gallup. I, I, I absolutely love this pick. Uh, I'm, I'm totally blanking on, on the numbers, but I know, I know he is in historical company as far as downfield receivers early in their career. What, what he does downfield is, is special. I think that this is like, he's kind of next to Sean Jackson kind of, of level talent and usage And uh, yeah, this is an awesome pick everybody needs to seriously be looking at Michael Gallup when his name is sneaking up.
0: Uh, All right. To wrap up my bold prediction for this year for wide receivers is that Jalen Ragor for the Philadelphia Eagles will be the best fantasy rookie wide receiver. I just think that he's walking into the most opportunity and we've already seen someone who can stretch the field what that can do and how that opens up Carson Wentz and utilizes Carson Wentz. I mean, we talked about this when we were talking quarterbacks that Carson Wentz with Deshaun Jackson last year for those like two or three games was just absolutely unstoppable. And I think Jalen Rager coming in as a rookie, coming into a wide receiver room that is basically barren. I have no faith in Alshon Jeffrey doing anything uh, uberly productive that I think this is Rager is going to be the number one receiver here. Every other receiver is stepping into some sort of outside of, I think Henry Ruggs is the only guy who I think could, could challenge uh, Ray Gore in this and could, could destroy my bold prediction, but you're working with Derek Carr versus Carson Wentz and I, and I'll give the, uh, I'll break in Carson Wentz's favor.
1: What's so funny is there are like a million names, honestly, if we all sit down and, and look at the like 12 elite wide receivers that came out of this draft that, that, uh, we'd have to seriously examine. I considered regular for this, for this slot too um they very clearly you know we like we've discussed ad nauseum we had one game last year for the really the first time in in Wentz's career where he had a legit downfield threat and it was Sean Jackson he put up I think mean, 80 yards and two TDs they clearly want to boost that that area of their passing attack by bringing in Rager drafting Hightower bringing in Marquise Goodwin on top of all that um I think Rager's competition is is both Goodwin and an injury to Deshaun Jackson. I think that he's an awesome – like this – okay, Rager is the guy who I would want to draft instead of Muhammad Sanu. Give mm-hmm. me this as like my final pick because this guy, he could give you a nothing or he could give you a home run. I don't yeah, think – Yeah, except, I think except he's going wide like,
0: receiver 45, so.
1: I mean, okay, so where where is that in, in a draft over – I mean, it, I have to imagine that that means that he's not being drafted in some leagues.
0: Let's see.
2: Let's see. I you think you that's keep talking. Like 134 overall.
1: Okay. So, yeah, 134. yeah uh 134. Yeah, so, it's like 10th 10th or 11th round, I guess. Um
0: but still, anyway, yeah. That, yeah no, but back then that's that's basically free picks anyways.
1: Yeah, I like I I think this is a good one. He is just going to sit on your bench for a bit. And so this might be a dude uh who who like Jordan was saying uh with Scotty Miller, you just look at him on the waiver wire. You keep an eye on him. Um, but I think that there is a ton of potential points to be scored.
0: Cool. All right. Well, let's wrap it up. Let's give number one target and a receiver, number one receiver who we're targeting, number one receiver who we're avoiding. If we got it, uh, Jordan, we'll start with you. Rattle them off, baby.
2: Um, so somebody I'm just trying to graft or trying to grab in a lot of redraft <laughs> leagues is, uh, Robert Woods. Uh, we talked about Cooper cup a little bit earlier, uh, he finished wide receiver 14 last year in PPR and he's currently going, I believe this is still correct. Let me make sure I have the right list. Yeah. Wide receiver 20. Um, and this is a guy who's um, not going to have to split targets with uh, Brandon cooks anymore since he's out of the picture uh, that frees up about 72 targets. You know, that could be distributed to uh, cup pig B what have you, but I just think having a less, dense wide receiver room for them is pretty nice um, and the one of the crazier stats I found was that uh, Robert Woods only had two receiving touchdowns last year which I think is pretty goofy considering how many targets he had I think he led the team in targets by the end of the season so if he can get a positive touchdown regression then that just automatically boosts his point totals in stock I don't really have anybody that I'm avoiding
0: uh, Clark who
3: you got Uh, Just because we haven't talked about him, and someone I'm really interested in, DK Metcalf, I think, had an amazing year last year, really exceeded expectations. People were worried that all he could do was be giant and run downfield really fast. Well, it turns out playing with Russell Wilson, that's all you really need to do. Uh, So I would love to see him take another step forward. I'm showing him going in like pick 78 ish range. So that means you have to jump up and get him in the fifth. And I would be really excited to have that. Uh, A couple of my avoids, which it breaks my heart to say it. Mike Evans and uh, what's his name? The other incredibly good guy that I'm blanking on Uh, Mike Evans and not Galladay Godwin. Uh, Not because they're not fantastic and not because I don't think Tom Brady is amazing, but I just, I hate having two amazing players uh, on the same team and having to ride that roller coaster each year or each week. Uh, It's just a headache that I want to avoid with all these other guys available in that range. I just don't want to mess with it so I'm being lazy uh, but I just I'm just avoiding both of those guys
1: so to just sort of slyly attach my name to a couple people without actually talking about him uh, <laughs> AJ Green and Will Fuller deserve honorable mention here uh, the guy that I'm going with I have to give credit where credit's due. I was doing my thing looking through all the recent Silva tweets and I found something kind of interesting um, he uh, Evan Silva was talking about Uh, Adam Gase being the odds on favorite to be first head coach fired. And he was doing this by talking about their, their first uh, 10 games. And this got me thinking. So weeks one through 10 bills, Niners Colts, Broncos, Cardinals, Chargers, bills, chiefs, Patriots, all of these teams are going to outscore the jets. But what that means is that they're going to be in a passing game script constantly. And with this COVID-19 era that we have going on, uh, quarterback wide receiver connections are going to be more important than ever. I'm kind of thinking we have a breakout year from Jamison Crowder and he's always been a floor guy. He's always been like a, Hey, you know, you take him at PPR. He's safe. He'll get you like five catches and 60 yards or whatever. I think he could actually have kind of a blow up year. The, the stage is set. I mean, Chris Herndon, he's got all the talent or the potential in the world, but he keeps, he's gotten DUIs and he keeps pulling his hamstring. Denzel Mims is a rookie. Um, and and uh, Quincy Anunua, I mean, I haven't heard from him in a year. I think Crowder might get like 15 targets a game. And on that kind of work, I think he could seriously work his way into like real deal wide receiver two territory. And he's currently in half point PPR coming off the board as the wide receiver 48.
0: Yeah. Crowder, Crowder somehow had 800 plus receiving yards and six touchdowns last year. Don't ask me how that happened because it did. Do you have Remember any of that first have, game oh. he
2: had last year where he had like 14 catches?
0: <laughs> maybe that maybe he all just did it in the first week. And then and that then just coasted but, for the rest of the year, but still, no, it it's like Nick
2: said, if he, he's yeah. a guy who just has, just based on how many catches he can get in PPR formats, just has like a really high floor for you right away. And if he has a breakout season, then that's
0: muy bueno. Do you have any avoids, Nick? Anyone who you're avoiding? I, <laughs> Half the receivers
3: Everyone.
1: The so <laughs> particular about this. Shit. Yeah. Yeah.
0: No.
1: Um no. Ha- I, I, I was trying to really find I mean Cooper Cup is like the guy that stands out to me.
0: Yeah. That's fair. Uh wrapping up my target, Terry McLaurin. Uh, was incredible last year, obviously as a rookie, and his last three games with uh, Dwayne Haskins, he averaged basic, he averaged like either eighty yards or a touchdown. I mean, he was their connection seems to be there, and it's another situation where it's like who else is in that passing game? It's basically Terry McLaurin's show, and we've seen that he can ride and die uh who i'm avoiding also i'm gonna buy myself every alan robinson share i possibly can because i love alan robinson Ugh. and because the brown the uh, bears are going to start cam newton by week five uh i have cam newton going to like seven different teams in my head i was about to say isn't that <laughs> the most fun thing for bad
3: teams is to think that they're gonna get just, cam newton
0: cam newton's going to every team that i that i want him to go to i'm going to avoid jarvis landry this year uh, with the Browns emergence, we're talking so much about Odell Beckham. We're talking about their dual tight ends. We're talking about their dual running backs. Uh, also Landry had hip surgery, which, uh, is that going to be, what's, what's he going to be like after that? I don't think it's going to be huge, but if I had to pick a wide receiver who I'm avoiding, he's also going, I think he's going like within the top 20 as a top 20 wide receiver. And that's just, just a tiny bit rich for me. There are other guys in that, in those kind of, uh, areas where I'd rather, rather go
1: yeah the, the Terry McLaurin pick is awesome um and had tip to Adam Levitan's shower narrative they, they play together at I think it was Ohio State um him and Haskins so their their connection that's another one of those QB wide receiver connections that's been going uh outside of
0: the NFL for years I thought the shower narrative was just that Adam Levitan showered with all these wide, uh, with these players and thus he has the insight into them not that that the quarterback and the wide receiver showered before that makes sense yeah, I cool. can't,
1: I can't tell you if that's also part of it.
0: It might be, maybe he does shower with wide receivers. Maybe we should shower Stop. with uh, <laughs> Scotty Miller and then, and then Extreme we'll, have, we'll locker
2: room access. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. We'll just get, we'll get real. We'll suddenly become, have great insight into Scotty Miller's career. All right, well, there you go. There's a deep dive into the wide receiver position. Uh, make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, the whole nine yards. Leave a comment, leave a review. If you drop us a question in the review in, as your comment in a review, we'll answer it on the show. So all, if you have the, a pressing fantasy question you need answered, drop it in the uh, reviews and we will answer it and you'll give us a review in the turn. So it's really nice for both of us. It's a win-win-win. As in the words of Michael Scott. Uh, follow us on Twitter at RB1 Podcast. You can follow myself at PM Rogers. Follow Clark at NFL Clark. Jordan at Jordan underscore Smith 27. And Nick at Ginger underscore underscore Nick without a K. We will be back at you next week to talk tight ends, the sauciest position. And I'm going to predict that Clark takes Gronk for absolutely everything.
3: Until then. Peace. <laughs> Peace.